Well, dear church family, from the very moment that we are born into this world, really we are conditioned, really from the very start, really, to put our confidence and our trust into that which appears mighty and wise from a worldly perspective and impressive from a cultural perspective. And there's not many people who knew better than this, than King David, the psalmist who penned today's psalm. We think about uh, King David and how often he faced that which from a worldly perspective was far more powerful and mightier than he. We think of Goliath, we think of Saul and his uh, men. How he faced nigh impossible odds often in his, his life. So uh, there's not many people that knew more than this than David. We know from verse 9 that this psalm was actually a loyal song and uh, a prayer uh, of David, praying for those in authority, as it were, that they may trust in the ultimate king and authority, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hence verse 9, save Lord, let the king hear us when we call. One would think it strange, would they not, that a great king like David would ask for prayer And such a course was his utter dependence upon the Lord and his godly humility. And many, no doubt, would have seen this as a point of vulnerability and weakness and insecurity, perhaps, in the king. Perhaps even they may see it as an opportunity to exploit some chink in the armour, as it were. And uh, I'm talking from a worldly perspective. But this, of course, could not be further from the truth. David knew full well that it was the Lord God only that was in control of his life. He knew that not one hair upon his head could be plucked up unless the Lord gave permission. It is the Lord who is sovereign over all the affairs of men. And David knew this full, full well, that it is God who is in control, that it is God that has the ultimate authority in the lives of men. Hence today's sermon text in verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. We see really throughout church history with Pharaoh trusting in chariots and horses. We see with Saul, we see with Absalom, this truth really is manifest. David's prayer really for those in authority and for all of us really was not to order one's life really in unbelief. Uh, but to take hold upon the Lord by faith, take hold upon his promises, as it were, but to not live one's life and order it by unbelief, just trusting in those things which seem to be impressive, which seem to be secure from from a worldly perspective. But the reality is, the spiritual reality is, that they are but stubble before the wind, as it were, 
because because God is sovereign over all the affairs of men. You see, the natural man struggles to comprehend this, such as the natural man's bias towards sight and faith. I know this is very much true of me, and I know this is true of all, all people before true conversion takes place. And as we read it earlier in 1 Samuel 8, Israel was no exception to this. At that time, they did not have a king ruling over them. The Lord was their king. And uh, Samuel, the Lord raised up from, from, from youth to uh, be that prophet, that humble servant of God to help them, as it were. And they were greatly helped by Samuel. And over the years, they they enjoyed much of God's prosperity. They knew of much of God's defending, as it were. They were mightily blessed. They knew help during battles. They knew of God's protection, as it were. But then, as Samuel got older, they looked upon poor old Samuel and his, his deteriorating years, They looked upon his sons, sadly, and and again, this is a proof that you can be living for the Lord, and sadly, you can have children that, it doesn't matter how godly you are, but you can have children that that abuse that privilege and go off into the world. But sadly, they looked upon Samuel differently, because over the years, they saw the nations of the world and they saw the advancement, as it were, with those round about them. They saw the building up of, the cha- of chariots. And they saw the pomp and the pageantry, as it were, of the kings round about them. And how they had chariots and people running before their, their chariots. And they said, well, only if we had kings it's like these people. Only if we had this might, we would be more secure and safe. And they started to covet a king like that, you see. They started to look at the chariots, the, the outward impression of security and impressiveness of all, all these armies, as it were. And they looked upon poor old Samuel differently. Look, look, look at what we've got. We've got this poor old prophet, as, as, as it were. And they started to look upon all these things that the nations have for security. And they put pressure, as we know, upon, as we read upon Samuel. Well, give us a king like this. We, we want the security. We want these things, as, as, as it were. And, of course, we know that God gave them a king after their own hearts. And this is where the UK is at the moment. Where we are given a king after our own wicked hearts, as it were. And we know that really... Uh, the king, Saul, was an ungodly man, really. He was a, he was a vain man. He was a, a man that was head and shoulders above everyone else. Uh, we know even f- when, when he was chosen, he hid himself, really. He knew that he was not qualified to lead God's people because he, he, was, ve- he was a vain man. And, uh, but God chose him, really, because... They were given a king after their own vain hearts. And we know straight away, he got straight away in his first year, 
He started to build up that war machine, as it were. He gave the people what they wanted, the chariots, the horses, the, the war horses, as it were. He took the young men, he built up the federal state, as it were. He took the young maids to service his, his growing army, army, as it were. Really, in other words, no longer depending upon the Lord. By faith. Well, we must have what they've got. Look at all the thousands of chariots. Look at all the war horses. We don't stand a chance now against them. We, must, we need to build up all these things. We must be impressive. We must have a king that goes out like, like these great kings. With all this ceremony and all the pomp and all the, the show of force, as, as it were. This is what we need. This is the king that God gave them as it were and we know really from the narrative that actually things started to go downhill when Saul came into power that's the the relative peace and prosperity and protection that Israel knew well Saul when he came into power things began began to become a lot worse as it were they they started to be troubled and battle and the decision making of, of of Saul was terrible. Some of the decisions that he was making, he didn't seek the Lord's guidance and blessing. He just sought to copy the vain things of this world. And so we, it didn't fare well with them. But you see, God in his mercy, as we know from the scriptures, provided Israel with a king, not after their own hearts, but after his own heart. And that king was King David, wasn't it? A man far less impressive to look upon, as it were. We know that even God's people were deceived in this respect. But it was someone who was utterly trusting upon the Lord. And, you know, one would think that Israel would have learnt their lesson, as it were, in putting their trust in that which appears impressive and powerful and secure from a worldly perspective, one would think that they would have learned that lesson, that hard lesson. They went under, underwent many chastisements, as it were. But they didn't, did they? They didn't learn that lesson. Because Absalom, we know, over years and years and years, stole the hearts of the people. Gradually, didn't he? Remember that? He got those chariots. He got the horses, exactly like Saul, to run before him, go before him, go... Go to, into, the, into the gate and to prevent people from going to the king's judgment, to King David, he intercepted that. But he, he went, didn't he, with all the pageantry, chariots running before, people running before them. In other words, he went in all the pomp and celebration and power, as it were, of a king. And he wasn't a king. He was a prince. And, and yet he was a, an ungodly prince. He was a vain man. Um, and yet, over time, more and more people started to put their, their trust in him, took his counsel over King David's, as it were. They saw the chariots, they saw the outward, they saw his beautiful hair. He waited every year, and they, and they thought, wow, this is king material. Look at him, look how impressive he is. He is a king. Look at his judgments. He's, he's, he's telling us all the things that we want to hear, as, as, as it were. And we saw, really, sad to say, that this pattern, this pattern continued right up into New Testament times. This pattern 
of putting their trust in that which is impressive from an outward perspective, that which is secure from an outward perspective, carried on right up until the New Testament time, times right through the intertestamental period. And when Christ, the Savior, and of course the, the Jews' Messiah came, the majority of people were not ready. Some were ready, praise the Lord, but the majority of people were not ready for Christ's return. They were not walking by faith in the Lord. They were walking by sight. They wanted some political saviour to come in and to uh, take away the Roman occupation, as it were. They wanted someone like Saul, like Absalom, to come in, as it were. They were not looking for a saviour of their sins. You see, dear friends, and it's sad to say, is it not, how vain much of the Christianity in the West has become in this respect. And don't get me wrong, we think of what's happening in America now with President Biden and President Trump. And, you know, if I had to, to vote, I would, of course, vote for Trump, and, you know, because the policies are terrible with Biden. But so many people are lifting Trump up as if he's some saviour. And, you know, as if he's going to save the West and they, they, they're elevating to a position, really, like, well, only if he gets in power can things be turned around. But, friends, we're greatly mistaken with, with, with that side of things. Uh, we need the Lord to save us. Only the Lord can save us. Verse 7, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God says the word of God through, through King David. It's obvious to me really that it is David's prayer for us not to trust and to look upon the things which seem impressive and secure from a worldly perspective. That's, that's really what he's, he's talking about. And indeed chariots are a symbol of man's power and ingenuity in self-determination, whilst horses at the same time are a symbol, are they not, of strength and independence and confidence that will take you there, that will take the chariots there, as it were, that will be the means to prosper you. And such symbols really are representatives of the natural man's heart before conversion. They're representatives by nature, we look really to the false securities of this world, the impressive Hollywood ideals, really, the, 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 the passing fashions of this world. We look to them for security, for hope, and for happiness and for contentment. And we know deep down that they're, they're, they're not going to secure us. We are conditioned to think that through our own self-determination, through our own strength, through being independently minded, as it were, through self-confidence, that we will prosper in the end. And friends, then nothing can be further from the truth than that, really. Nothing can be further from the truth. Because we are so inclined to forget, really, one fundamental truth. And that is, is that we are made for God for eternity. That we belong to him that he is sovereign over all the affairs of men. We're made for God, 
for him. We are not made just for this life. And, and sad to say, many have forgotten this in the West. Uh, we're made for him. Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded from the mouth of God. We're made for him. We are more soul than flesh, as, as it were. And that's what we must give our hearts to. The matters of eternity. We came into this world with absolutely nothing. Kicking and screaming, naked I came into this world, and naked and thither will I return again. I brought nothing into this world, and I'm going to leave with absolutely nothing. What people think of me, all the riches, all the reputation, doesn't matter in the end. All that matters is if your heart is right with your maker. And if you're truly looking to him for strength and, and for saving power, not to yourself, not to the things of this world, not to the chariots and horses of this world, they will fail you in the end. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we shall remember the name of the Lord, says the psalmist. Well, it's plain to see as well, is it not, that today's text has in mind the spiritual warfare. It's talking about chariots. It's talking about horses. And the psalm as a whole mentions things like trouble and defend and strengthen and counsel and banners. Of course, it's talking about military banners, as, as it were. There is a spiritual warfare going on right now friends, for your eternal, never-dying soul, for all of our souls. And we've got to ask ourselves the question, are you trusting? Are you trusting in the Lord? Who are you trusting in? Whose flag are you flying in your life, as it were? Well, the reality is that there are powerful, dark forces at play, as it were, in our society and in our lives there are dark forces from without, as it were, and there are dark forces from within that hold people captive by their own will. And there are wicked systems of this world which have influenced and blinded the masses to the reality of God, of who God is, of God's character, of good and evil, of eternity, that there is such a place as a hell, a punishment for those who reject the Saviour. There is a reward for those who obey the gospel. There is a heaven. There is such a thing as God's judgment upon sin. And these satanic systems, friends, are designed by Satan to keep the masses in ignorance and keep them busy in trusting in the creature and impressed by the creature and not the Creator. The chariots, the horses, the things of this world. Look to those things for security, for strength. Don't look to the Lord. And we think of some of those systems, as it were. Materialism. Uh, eat, drink, watch telly, be merry for tomorrow we die, as it were. Just live for the here and the now. Live for the day, as it were. Get what you can while you can. This philosophy that is so much in our society. And we think of other systems like evolution. The stronger survive. Well, it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world, isn't it? 
And whatever it takes to get, get, get one over your fellow man will do it. As long as you can get what you want over your fellow man. Completely contrary to the word of God. And what about environmentalism or socialism? We'll save the world as it were. Make it this, this world some grand utopia as it were. Whereas of course we know that this sin sick world will be burnt up in the end. And the Lord will usher in a new heavens and a new earth. And we, we should not put our hope and trust in the things, these, those, the chariots, the horses, all those things which people look, those mini saviors, they're going to be burnt up, as it were. They will not last in the end. And we think about feminism, as it were. Well, I can live independently from a man. I don't need to be depend upon anyone. I can be career-minded. Uh, I can look a certain way, dress a certain way, use my body in a certain way to get what I want in life. That's, that's, that's what matters, as it were, in the end. That I don't need men, I don't need anything, as it were. I'm, I'm independent-minded, I'm a free spirit, as it were. And the reality is, friends, is that our lives are like a flower, are they not? Our lives are incredibly fragile. They are incredibly fragile. And yes, like a flower, they have their blossom, as, as it were. It has its, has its prime, it has its beauty, has its strength. And all, but all it takes is a gust of wind to pass over it, and it's no more anymore. Our lives are delicate and fragile. When fitness is gone, how fit will you be to meet your maker, dear friends? When beauty fades like a flower, will your beauty de defend you when you are to meet your maker? How will you be appear before God, as it were? That will count for nothing when you meet your maker. When riches make themselves wings and fly away, as it were, well, how will your account fare on the day of judgment, as it were? Will you still be in moral bankruptcy? Will you, have, will you have had your debt dealt with, as it were, your great debt of sin? What will it profit you if you'll gain the whole world and lose your only soul? When faculties fade in old age, what will all those credentials and honours, what will they do for you in the end? There's no memory in the grave. When ill health and death, death's door comes knocking at your door, like it will with all of us, friends, who will be your health in the end, as it were? Who will be your eternal life in the end? On that great day of reckoning, well, friends, there, like I said, there is a spiritual warfare going on right now for your heart and for your soul and for who you are. There's a spiritual warfare going on. Whose side are you on? If you're not on the Lord God's side, you're on the devil's side. If you're not a child of God, you're a child of the devil. If you're not a child of light, you're a child of darkness, dear friends. There's no middle ground, is there? Whose counsel are you trusting in? You trusting in the Lord's counsel? There's many things that will try to take you away from the Lord's counsel. Are you trusting in him? In his promises, in Jehovah, the Lord's promises to you. Do they mean more than life to you? Are they a light and a guide in your life? Who are you looking to for strength 
Are you looking within yourself? And I, and I preach this to myself, by the way. Are you looking within yourself? Are you looking within the world? Are you looking to the Lord for strength? We see we have to look outside of ourselves to Christ. Look unto me, all the ends of the world, and be saved. Look to him who hung upon that tree for salvation full and free and lasting. Don't look within yourself. You're not going to find. You're not going to find salvation there. Don't look within the world. There's no salvation there either. Look to Christ, to his finished work upon the cross, alone, for salvation full and free and lasting. Who will defend you and deliver you from God's just punishment upon sin? Won't be yourself, won't be the things of this world, won't be the chariots, as it were. It will be the Lord alone. You know, there's many people who will say, Lord, Lord, on that day of judgment, Lord, Lord, I've done all these things. I've prophesied in your name. I've done all these things. And the Lord will say, depart from me. Ye that work iniquity, I never knew you. I never had a real relationship with you. You just trusted more in yourself than me. I was never number one in your hearts. Depart from me. Ye that work iniquity, is the Lord your God? Do you love him? Do you seek him more than anything in life? Do you remember him like David? Is he truly Lord of your life? Is he Lord of your decision making? Is he your king? Does he have the ultimate authority in your life? Does he have the ultimate authority? Are you trusting in him more than anything in your life? Do you daily come to him in prayer and faith, depending upon him, going to that heavenly sanctuary to fetch fresh grace and supplies for yet another day? Or are you looking to the things of this world? And the chariots, the horses, as it were, well, only if I could get to this career or only if I can get this amount of money or, or get at these, these things. No. That, that it's, you're always going to be disappointed. Are you looking to the Lord alone? Have you turned from the noisy, showy chariots and horses of this world to that silent, calm retreat and div divine name of the Lord for salvation? Remember Elisha. Remember that when the Syrians, uh, the Syrians knew where he was with the servant as well, and the servant saw all the Syrians upon the hill, and he said, "Well, how, we, how will we fare, master?" And of course, Elijah knew full well, didn't didn't he? Because he was thinking of by faith, and he said to he said he prayed to the Lord, "Lord, open up his eyes." Open up his eyes, and that servant's eyes were opened up. He said, There's more with us than there's more than there's with them. And he saw those chariots of fire, didn't he? And those those horses. Well, the angels of the Lord encampeth around the righteous. Sometimes we can have that, can't we? And and, and as Christians, we could be guilty of that. You know, we can have times where the, the pressures and things of this life can so surround us. And sometimes we need to look beyond the dark clouds of providence 
to a smiling face, as it were. There's more with us, dear friends. The Lord is with us. Let us remember the name of the Lord. The Lord of hosts, the Lord Jehovah, whose promises are yea and amen. That we could trust in him for all, all things that we need in life. Well, this is a truth, isn't it, friends? And no doubt when David remembered the name of the Lord, he had in mind God's attributes. He he had in mind God's power, the Lord's power to save. He had in mind the Lord's sovereignty in his life. He had in mind the Lord's faithfulness, his all-knowing, his all-wise counsel. He had in mind the Lord's attributes. Pharaoh trusted in his chariots, and in his horses, but they all fell, didn't they? But they were nothing before the Lord. All that might, all that power, as it were. And perhaps you're one sat here today, and you're thinking, well, how on earth am I going to come out of the situation that I'm in? I've got so many forces against me, so many trials, so many difficulties. I've got my own sin to contend with. I've got all the forces of hell raised up against me. I've got all the pressures. You're at a, 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 a Red Sea moment, as it were, and you see no way out. And you say, how, how am I going to make it out? These things are too strong for me. These horses and chariots, the, the, the horses, the Pharaoh's horses and chariots, Absalom's horses and chariots, Saul, they're all against me. They're all against me. Like, but like Jacob, all these things be against me, as it were. But the reality is, as if you're trusting in the Lord, well, all things are actually going for you. If you're trusting in the Lord today, dear friends, the Lord is working a great thing, often behind the scenes, unbeknown to us. If we're trusting in him, he's moving in the bowels of other people. He's opening up doors which we never knew. And this has been my testimony throughout the ages, well, throughout ages, throughout, throughout my Christian life, sorry about that, (laughs) throughout my Christian life, I can honestly say that it's been at the most severest times where I've cried to the Lord and it was almost seemed out of nowhere that the Lord has raised up a standard by the Holy Spirit and and as as even it's been amazing to me and I know this is true of people here sat today, believers here today, sometimes we think, how am I going to get away from this how am I going how am I going to get out of the situation just look to the Lord friends he promises that he will deliver you in time of need this poor man cried unto the Lord and the Lord heard his voice and so friends trust in his name trust in the name of the Lord Jehovah, the covenant-keeping God who keeps promises and covenant with his people forever. You can trust him for all your needs. As Christians, we know that we must, through much tribulation, enter into heaven. It's not, it's not easy being a Christian. It's the hardest thing in the world to be a true Christian. It really is. The road is narrow. We have far more troubles than, than, than most, than other men. We're not in trouble as other men. As the psalmist puts it, we have far more spiritual enemies, as it were. The devil hates when one of his own is taken away. He hates that. And he hates a zealous believer. So we have far more troubles than other men. 
But with that said, we have far more strength, do we not? We have far more promises because we can come to the Lord, as it were, and know of that strength and that grace and that perseverance, that that which he has committed unto us, he will keep to the end. And so, friends, we have far more afflictions and enemies than most as believers. But we may say, if it had not been for the Lord, if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, we would be swallowed up. Amen. Amen. Feel free to contact us at Sovereign Grace Church in Tiverton. Email us at grace2seekers at gmail.com. That's grace2seekers at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can visit our website at www.sovereigngracereformedchurch.com. Dot co dot uk